The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Pop up. First base side, Roscoe. We will have a game seven on Monday night for the Fayetteville Regional. Yes, we will. Bring it on, right? That's the chant. Nebraska, Arkansas, they get rolling tonight. Plenty to get to with Nebraska and Husker baseball on the doorstep, baby. Welcome to a Monday at Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Elijah's rocking that uh, Nebraska gear. The A I have on my hat is for the Lincoln Athletics that went three and one over the weekend, supporting Junior's team, Coach Brett's team, and uh, Coach Tyler's squad. So don't ever dig a a, a, a innocent anonymous photo of me here uh, just two hours away all right uh, my, my big red nebraska hat doesn't fit anymore it just doesn't it, it, it's, i've had it for like 20 years like a fitted cap yeah it's okay, one of those okay. one of those fitted so, so I, I always go for snapback see I'm, I'm leaning there but uh man what what a game last night plenty to dive into we will focus a ton on husker baseball and uh, to do that, Mike Babcock will join us. Babbers has seen a lot of great baseball, a lot of tough baseball with Nebraska over the years. Get his take on tonight. And think about where you're at right now as a Nebraska fan. Some of you remember 20 years ago. Some of you remember the Van Horn era that, that really spurred on just an, an amazing run where Nebraska was a staple Atop the Big 12, Nebraska was a staple in a regional. Nebraska was hosting Super Regionals. Nebraska was winning Super Regionals. And it's been a little bit of a drought, clearly, uh, for Nebraska. And uh, they are they are back on that doorstep, thanks to Will Bolt, his coaching staff, and his kids. And, and listen, I I love watching players respond. I love moments where teams have to either kind of put up or shut up. What are you made of? What's your what's your mental fortitude? And then how does that translate to you physically making a play? And it doesn't matter the sport. How do you respond? And I'll be honest with you. Once this wild pitch happened and Nebraska went down 3 to 1, it's nothing against Bolt or the kids. 99 out of 100 teams in that atmosphere, in that environment, against that team, that would have been a knockout punch. Think about baseball. Think about how important momentum is, right? And and just just the, the mental grind on top of the physical ability needed in the field or at the dish going against 
the the, the cream of the crop uh, that Dave Van Horn's recruited, and and this happens, and in a in a tie ball game, in that just carnival like atmosphere, we'll get to the Arkansas fans in a moment, but in that atmosphere, this happens. You don't see that at this level of baseball very often with teams that are pretty high caliber. And it's uncharacteristic. Nebraska, in two outings against Arkansas, they've helped Arkansas out. Either booting the ball, four base running errors, getting hosed at home, getting getting thrown out at third, getting doubled off. All of that happened last night. And listen, I'm glad you didn't go down Saturday. Elijah, I know you were contemplating it, and I'm the last guy to, to whine about officiating. I will speak up when I'm ticked off about it, but from an umpiring standpoint, Levy, that guy needs his license pulled and his eyes checked. Ten walks, and and it was it was garbage for both teams because of a a a, a ever changing zone. Give me a zone, chin to ankle, whatever you want to do. Just stay with it. Stay with it. Uh, a, a gone fishing 3-2 pitch outside shouldn't be a strike, and it was. A, a pitch down the middle on, 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 a, on a 2-2 count shouldn't be ignored. And so Nebraska, they were clearly pissed about, and so was Van Horn, about what happened Saturday. How'd Nebraska respond? They go out and go 18-4 over uh, Arkansas's pet team, New Jersey Institute of Technology, and then they come back and, and, and will themselves to victory, Kyle Perry and Schwelly. And I thought what, what's been incredible for Nebraska, all regional, has been their two-out or two-strike hitting, Right. You've got a kid in Bryce Matthews that tried to lay a bunt down, didn't make it happen. Last night, Will Bolt calmly comes and talks to him his next at bat. And what do you get? You get a couple of singles for a guy that's filling in for Anderson. You get Everett's two RBI money shot down the line. It was incredible. I mean, that moment, again, with two outs. Now, as many times as Nebraska made some miscues that are un-Nebraska-like, man, oh, man, did they take care of business with two-strike hitting and two-out hitting. And this even goes back to Saturday, how well they hit cops. They had three hits off the guy. Guy probably hadn't given up three hits in a weekend this year. To be honest, maybe I'm exaggerating a bit, but listen, Nebraska has responded every minute they've had to in this series. They have momentum. They have belief. They have confidence. Arkansas right now is freaking. You're the favorite. You're not supposed to be pushed. You're not certainly supposed to be in an elimination game in your home regional as the number one team in the land. We talk about pucker factor a lot in big moments and key moments. Nebraska's never ever blinked. They've embraced a bit of a villain role. I'm not calling them villains. That's how they're seen. They're feeding it back to the fans that have been drinking since 10 this morning in the outfield. Good for Nebraska. They don't need to take any crap from Billy Bob.
and they're saying bring it on. They've brought it on. They have an opportunity tonight to listen. I think they're the only ones that wouldn't be shocked if they did this. And it's not a knock on on where they're at. You want to talk about ahead of schedule? Brother Will Bolt's making his own schedule right now. Just how well his his team's come together, how well they've bought in, how well they've performed. And what a, what a moment, what an opportunity tonight. And it's all about attitude. What they see this regional as, are you pissed you're not hosting? Probably. And what are you going to do about it? Well, you're going to take it out on whoever you face. And the thing I know is Nebraska's always responded. I think Povich will respond tonight. I think Nebraska's bullpen, from a game management standpoint and an arm management standpoint by Bolt and, and Coach Christie, has been just beautiful. You want to talk about the little things that can add up to a big thing? Nebraska's been on top of it. I don't know how Arkansas is going to respond tonight in this situation. Listen, they've responded all season long against some of the who's who in the SEC on the road or at home where it's a it's a 1-1 series tie. What's Arkansas done? Well, they didn't lose a series all season. And against the Tennessees or the LSUs or the South Carolinas or go down the list, they've responded. So it is going to be classic. It's going to be electric. It's going to be drama-filled. And I can't wait for it tonight. I can't wait for Nebraska's opportunity because about everybody in college baseball would have folded last night with the mistakes that were made and some of the mishaps. And Nebraska got back up, probably refused to dust themselves off, a la Jake Taylor in Major League after the chin music from Clue Haywood. And they said, we're going to stand back in and dig in. I loved last night. I'm proud of Nebraska. We're not supposed to, like, cheer. But I think what Nebraska's done physically and mentally in this environment incredible. We'll get to the fans in a moment. But I love Nebraska's confidence. I love where they're at. And I'm anxious to see how Arkansas handles this pressure. Yeah, you've got the number one team in the country in a corner. You have backed them down into a corner, win or go home tonight. I mean, you got to expect their best punch. But what it sets up is, I mean, among the three major men's sports, this is the biggest game, I'd say, since, what, no-sit Sunday? It's it's there with the opportunity knocking, for sure, for sure. It's there with, you know, Nebraska and we go back to no-sit Sunday and that special season Tim Miles had. You had beaten Michigan State. 10 days earlier on the road when they were a top five team, you follow it up with taking down Frank, the tank and company. Absolutely. You know, big wins to go along with special seasons. That's been a bit evasive for Nebraska. Basketball had it. No sit Sunday. The win over Wisconsin. That gets you your 19th win. Your gold. You get into the NCAA tournament football. The uh, 2015 Michigan state win was big. You still finished six and seven. Uh, you have to go back to Wisconsin, Nebraska, that overtime game where Nebraska is ranked in the top 10. And you just, just didn't quite get it done in the overtime or at the end of regulation. This for Nebraska baseball is their biggest, probably their their biggest uh, since uh, the, the Miami Regional. Or for sure getting over that hump into the CWS 
when they beat Rice back at Mount Buck. We're talking, and, we're talking and, 15 years. Twenty. I mean, 20 years since that, but 15 years since the last actual time that Nebraska was really competitive in a regional. Right. And, no, I mean, this is... This feels like 2.0 of of the late 90s, early 2000s with Will Bolt. And Nebraska is going to keep coming. Let's get into the Arkansas-Nebraska fan base. And, you know, Nebraska fans, six, five, 600 of you traveled down. Some of you are still down there. Some of you made your way back. And it, it hasn't been pleasant. I'm not saying for everybody, but for a lot of folks, it's not been pleasant. Uh, you had Evan Bland join Hooksy and, and, and Willie J this morning on the morning hookup, and, and Evan's done a great job all season long of coverage. And we kind of got to the bottom of what's this this issue with, with Arkansas, the pig pen, and, and, and poor Mojo Haggy. And there's a little bit of, of Duke uh, student research and development going on at Arkansas where they're going to pick a player out, they're going to research that player, they're going to hurl insults and, and try and get in Mojo's head or, or another player. But it, it's gone from harassment and, and probably some, some uh, language you don't want to hear Sunday at church to let's follow the guy's fiance into the bathroom. That's what Evan reported to Hooksy and Willie J this morning. It's it's going after Mojo's parents. Just horrific stuff. So what what do you do? Well, you tell the guys in the security coats to, to kick Jim Bob and Cooter and, and Jethro the <laughs> hell out of the pig pen because they've probably been, been throwing grandpa's shine down since I don't know, pre warm ups. So while I applaud Arkansas's liberal fan activity where you can bring your folding chair and roll your cooler in and have a hell of a good time, that's awesome. I think that's cool. Uh, not everyone adheres to proper respect and treatment, and it, it's gone too far. And you got Arkansas fan all day winding down in Arkansas sports radio about how Nebraska fans are annoying. Well, you know what's annoying? When your fiancé gets up to go use the can – and, and, and you, you send your sister or girlfriend or mom or they go on their own and follow her in and just start bad-mouthing her. That's, that's unacceptable. That's stalker. That's scary. That's, that's too close to contact for my liking. And what do you do? Your response is to tell security and then you, you launch those losers out of there. Go sober up, have some coffee, and go bow hunting tomorrow. Bow hunting's awesome. Point is, that's that's over the line. And Nebraska fans, we're, we're a different breed because, you know, win or lose, you're getting a standing O, leaving Memorial Stadium. And no one's going to slash your tires or pee in your gas tank in the, in the, in the parking lot of Haymarket. They, they love the competition. They love the game. They love greeting fans and, and making friends. Maybe Nebraska fans are too nice for their own good. I don't know. But the point is, is it, it is beyond hostile, bordering on toxic, and it sounds a lot like Columbia. It sounds a lot like Boulder. It sounds a lot like the U. In, in, in my little snippet from what I've heard. So the, the best medicine is go get a victory tonight. Send them, well, keep them home. 
And then Dave Van Horn, bless his heart, can answer what didn't happen three years ago with a missed pop fly as they're on the verge of the final out for a national championship. And now you can figure out a way to go back to the drawing board with an incredible team, an incredible pitching staff, offense all around him, some of the best players in the country, and how the little Big Ten team that couldn't even play out of conference came in and whacked you two out of three times. Will Bolt will have his guys ready. Kyle Perry, Schwelly, incredible. Uh, a host of characters offensively for Nebraska getting it done. Jackson Hallmark is so much fun to watch with his bravado, his athleticism, and his ability to rise to the moment when the lights are on. What happens tonight, we'll figure out with that with Mike Babcock. We know it's Povich v. Wiggins, and Nebraska's arms have been iced well. Hale Varsity continues, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And we're back. Fellas, I think we could listen to the radio. On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Welcome back to it, Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. We'll hear up from Will Bolt in a little while. His post-game comments, uh, some some good insight. It'll be Povich on the Hill tonight. Coach McBride's coming up in less than one hour. We welcome in Mike Babcock, Hale Varsity Magazine, HaleVarsity.com at MD Babs on Twitter. Babbers, the biggest game since when? Oh, um, since last night. <laughs> well done, sir. Well done, sir. Let's talk about last night. I, you know, as many missteps that Nebraska had, and for them to respond is incredible. That's a tribute to the, the mental toughness, their training, their coaching, their execution. Babbers, I thought they were done after, you know, it looked like the Bad News Bears with two runs scoring on a wild pitch. Yeah, yeah, I kind of I, I kind of felt the same way. You know, it's like this is not Nebraska baseball. This is not the way the Huskers play. But, you know, Will Bolt said after, after the game in his, in his comments, uh, you know, they were being aggressive. And in, in most cases, um, that's what he wanted them to be. And, uh, you know, that wasn't necessarily that wild pitch and throwing the ball away kind of a thing. But um, I just thought across the board, uh, Nebraska's aggressive play at times concerned me a little bit. But, uh, you know, that certainly that what happened there was it's like, well, okay, this is not good. Uh, <laughs> playing in Arkansas and, and uh, uh, you know, it's time to go home. But, uh you know, they, they surprised me, as they have uh, at times all year, you know. I mean, yesterday was – Shea Shanneman gets, should get a lot of credit because he went seven innings in that first game, and uh, they need to save some pitching. And then you get the great effort from Kyle Perry, and you get Schwellenbach, what you expect from him, um, going the longest time that he did. And it, it just uh, – you know, it's just reflective of what happened all season. You know, that's the way Nebraska played. And, I, you know, I saw after the game uh, some fan was holding up a don't care sign. You know, that's <laughs> that's kind of the way the Huskers are. 
uh, probably not safe to hold up that sign in Arkansas, but uh, uh, he did. Now, Mike, that, that game last night, the Huskers didn't play their best game of the season. Base running errors, still a couple walks, that wild pitch. Um, yet they found a way to get it done and honestly, I mean, beat Arkansas pretty good. Ten hits to four hits, five runs to three. I mean, it, it was a good performance from the Huskers, yet it wasn't their best of the season. It, it, does that give you confidence going into tonight's game? Yeah, you know, it does, but, you know, it, it's, it's a whole different thing. I, I, you know, I, th- I thought Arkansas – looked a little bit uh, out of sorts last night, too. I mean, I think the pressure got to the Razorbacks a little bit. Uh, they committed a couple errors there that uh, probably shouldn't have made and could have could have impacted the way the game went. But, yeah, you're right. Uh, you know, Nebraska uh, out-hit the Razorbacks and, and just really outplayed them, I think, when it came right down to it. Despite the mistakes, I think Nebraska uh, really was the well, – was the better team last night. Well, and I want to go back to Saturday. I don't think Nebraska, they weren't great Saturday night with with being perfect to beat Arkansas. I had a, I had a problem with the, the, the strike zone for, for both teams, and, and that kind of screwed things up from a consistency and a rhythm standpoint. But Nebraska's response to me was was, was huge with how they handled their business yesterday. Do you doubt or have any feel with how Arkansas responds to, to this adversity? I mean, pressure's on them. They're the top team in the country. They've kind of blown through their arms. Now cops will still come in. But Nebraska's really had their number. And dare I say doubt may have crept in the front door down in Fayetteville. Because, uh, listen, they had to dogfight with uh, with a weird game Saturday night from a strike zone standpoint, and they got beat pretty good last night despite having a lead. And once Arkansas gets the lead, they uh, they usually don't give that back. Nebraska took it, and, and again, they were limited to, to, to just four hits. Yeah, and, and, and you know, uh, Cops has thrown uh, 91 pitches. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, they're, they're calling on him probably tonight uh, at some point. Uh, to go beyond what he did, I'm a little bit surprised, but Povich is going to get a shot. Um, you know, I guess you have to do that at this point. But it, in, in watching the post game uh, last night, I thought uh, I thought Dave Van Horn. Uh, you could see the pressure that he was feeling. Um, you know, I, I think that uh, I think Arkansas certainly is feeling it. The thing that that uh, the the advantage, I guess, is you're playing in Arkansas and you got eleven thousand. Uh, the better part of 11,000. I guess there are some Husker fans there, but um, uh, a bunch of drunken uh, Razorback fans. Um, <laughs> Babbers, let it loose. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just, you know, I don't, I don't like this stuff with Haggy. Oh, it's, um, it's awful. And, and you're right. I think uh, it it compares to Missouri and the Antlers. That's that that's the closest thing I can come to. Um, just totally unacceptable behavior, and uh, you know the TV guys kept saying, you know, it's great fans and whatever, and and maybe the majority of them are, but uh, TV guys are clueless. This this regional, that's yeah, just my yeah, take. I, they're not on site, are they? No, they're not on site, but it doesn't look like they have a, a, a media guide in front of them. No. Doesn't sound like it. Yeah, <laughs> they need to learn how to pronounce some of the names, but uh, uh, you know, we all have our 
we all have our strengths problems. and weaknesses. But, yes. <laughs> yeah. Just don't get carried away saying what great fansies are when, when some of them are not great. No, it, it, that that was horrific, and you know I, I'm interested. I'm going to go back to Povich here, and I, you know we we talk about response all the time. Not to beat a dead horse here, but Povich he's been incredible all year. He had a tough outing to open up the regional. He's responded as well when when things haven't gone his way. And there's only been a couple of outings where he's not been uber sharp. He had trouble getting the breaking ball over, and they kind of timed up his fastball. Who else could have been a candidate tonight for Nebraska to go? Boy, I, I was afraid you were going to ask me that, and I don't have an answer for that. I, you know, I don't know, I don't know how they were going to approach it if, if not if not Povich. Um, and then you know, obviously, you got to go to the bullpen. Mm-hmm. They've got guys rested, and uh, you know, guys have stepped up. But yeah, that that's that's one area that's really tough. You know, um, when you lose, then you have to come back through the through the bracket, and and you're playing the elimination games. It's really tough. Um, a very big advantage for the uh, for the uh, Arkansas in that in that situation. But now they're. Uh, again, they're feeling the pressure, and uh, I don't know. I don't know how they would have done it uh, if not if not if Povich couldn't uh, at least come back and give it a shot. Yeah, and you yeah. know, one one other guy. I'll, I'll mm-hmm. give you an example of of how this team reflects this team. Cam Chick. You know, mm-hmm. at some point he was out of the lineup. I mean, yeah. he, things weren't going well for him. He was out of the lineup, but he didn't quit on them, and he was ready. And when he got the opportunity, he's hit. Couple home runs, one inside the park, driven in seven runs in the in the regional. Um, that's the kind of play that Nebraska has gotten from those guys uh, on uh, on the mound and and the, in the field at bat. Now, Mike, you got to assume that Cops is going to be the first guy out of the pin for Arkansas, despite the fact he's already thrown something like. 80 pitches so far this weekend already. 91, I think. 91, yeah. Uh, you still got to think he's the first guy going back to the well. But for the Huskers, they have a, a couple options first out of the pin once Povich uh, is out of this game. You got to assume they're going to ride Povich until uh, until he can't go anymore. Um, but, I mean, you look at Cody Frank. He, he's had a couple days rest since uh, his, He was magic. He was great. Friday. Uh, you got Buns has struggled this weekend, um, but he is still low pitch count. You got Cam Wynn. I mean, wh- which name are you going to out of the bullpen first if you are uh, in Will Bolt shoots tonight? I'm probably Cam Wins probably the first one I go to. Mm-hmm. You got Max Schreiber in there too. I mean, he could come in. They, they've got options, um, and uh, you know, it's just a question of who, who's going to step up. And uh, they've had guys step up all year. You know, you expect it again tonight. That's what's going to happen. Um, don't care <laughs> circumstances. Uh, gritty beats pretty. They'll, they'll they'll approach it the way they always have. Let's spend a second here, Mike, a couple of minutes. Mike Badcock with us, Huskers, Arkansas, tonight, six uh, for all the marbles. How, how incredible, you know, is there a player Jackson Hallmark either reminds you of or you can compare to as far as being that straw? Um, you know, I think these guys are unique. I, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't start comparing them uh, to guys in, in other situations because it's just, it's a unique, it's a unique season but it's a season, you know, regardless of what happens, here, here's the thing, regardless of what happens tonight, um, I think you have to feel good about where this program is, and you've got to believe that the ride is still going to continue. 
um, that's the thing that, that I take away from it, from this whole experience. And, uh, you know, I don't put it, I, you know, I don't make comparisons to these guys, to previous guys, because they're, they're unique in their own way. I mean, and and uh, I, I just think that the, the program has quickly gone in the direction that uh, Will Bolt wanted it to go and, ha- and reflects his personality. And uh, I really feel good about uh, where things are headed. Mike, uh, you said it perfectly. You want the win. Guys in that clubhouse aren't just happy to be here. They want to move on. And, and that was their mindset. You go back to, to last last Monday when they got the, the draw. So they they are not moral victory, and, and I know you and I aren't in that, that group either. But when we take a look at this big picture, to be where they're at after a shortened COVID season, to come together like they have, job well done. Win, win or lose tonight, and I hope they, I hope they silence – bomb stadium but arkansas is number one for a reason so beating them once <laughs> wow getting them two in a row tough call yeah this is like a three-game series and and uh, arkansas hadn't lost any series this year no so uh you know even to get to that point i think nebraska nebraska has proven a lot and uh, you know there were uh, doubters and obviously the ncaa didn't didn't have any respect for nebraska or the you know what they had accomplished in the Big Ten, or what? And uh, you know, I think that the people that didn't respect Nebraska before need to respect Nebraska now, to the point where Arkansas fans are going out of their way to try to harass Nebraska. You don't do that if you're if uh, you don't do that to NJIT mm-hmm. um, because you know that you're going to hammer them if you play them, which they didn't. So. Babbers, we'll uh, talk uh, soon. We'll talk tomorrow morning over on KFOR. Enjoy the game tonight, bud. Yeah, you as well. Uh, Hope the Huskers play well. Chime in, 402-466-ESPN, or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me. Try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. So we've got um, kind of a digital history the what internet is forever of just what is the the deal with mojo in arkansas fans and I want to give credit to this because you've got uh at chicago station he's a nebraska basketball fan northwestern basketball cubs guy and uh, he's here in uh in lincoln so This got started by an Arkansas fan doing research and then publicly putting out there Mojo's, is it girlfriend or fiance? Fiance. Fiance. And then he went after and put out publicly to the rest of the hog pen, parents' names, sisters' names, brothers' names. So it came to Arkansas fans' attention that Nebraska, somebody at Nebraska called in Arkansas for heckling Mojo. 
And I believe Mojo's mom had to, to lock her Twitter down and make it private because the insults were so vile. And you had other Arkansas fans saying, look, man, that's Bush League to at a player's family and parents. And then can we play that whole clip? Do we have that from from Evan Bland? I can get it, I can get it pulled up. Give me yeah, a second. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll hear Evan Bland's description as he was with Hooksy and Will Wilson earlier today, and, and Evan's down in, in Fayetteville. Elijah almost was our on-site correspondent uh, Saturday. but I'm glad I didn't go down. No, it, it would have... I would have gotten in some fights or something. Well, you're, you're, you got a little former O-line in you, so I would I would bet on you. Then you have Arkansas Twitter going all in on Nebraska getting punched out at home. This is not this is how not to run the bases. And listen, it it's it's beyond <laughs> it's beyond good natured ribbing. It is now uh, personal. Brett Baker at 10-11 had the money response of all weekend responses with the Arkansas pop-up against Oregon State. That was pretty good. So we'll, we'll hear Evan Bland's kind of account, and that's, that's kind of a, a side piece to this because it's personal. Mojo was focused, had a couple of hits last night. Nice bunt to, uh, to beat out a play at first. And and you know what these guys are are, are the fan base is like well, what the hell's going on? Uh, there could be some danger tonight. But here's here's an excerpt of of what's gone gone on down in Fayetteville, in the Hog Pen, and the other part of this too. There was some some manufacturing of well, Mojo flipped off the Hog Pen. That was uh, that accusation was hurled out there. I made a couple of calls. Didn't happen. So there's been no, no taunting or instigation at all by anyone from Nebraska. They're just showing up and kicking ass. Here is Evan Bland's uh, report from from Fayetteville. The crowd definitely got pretty salty last night. I mean, they, um, you know, they're they're known. The writers were telling me that they're known for researching opponents. And uh, you know, making sure that 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 knowledge comes out in the way that they heckle the players. You know, the Mojo Hagi situation is a little unfortunate in that um, it wasn't just him that they were after. They, they had identified his parents and his fiance, wow, and were uh, heckling them. And, and a couple people told me some of the, the fans followed his fiance into the bathroom and were giving her a hard time at the stadium. So, you know. It, it, it's it's fun, but it's not at the same time. Like mm-hmm. it, it got kind of serious at that point, and um, really, what turned the crowd on Mojo to begin with was he had, or, or Nebraska at least, had uh, kind of pointed out to security some of the the pointed things that the the crowd was saying, and so security actually warned people in the hog pen that if there were personalized attacks on any player, that they'd be escorted out of the stadium, and so. 
that obviously didn't sit well with folks who've had all afternoon to uh, quote unquote <laughs> get ready for the game. It's a marinade, and so that uh, that's kind of snowballed from there. And so they, I think, the sense was that that they were told on, so to speak, and they're taking that out on Mojo. But again, Mojo Aggie had a great game last yep. night. He he did what he needed to do. He made some nice catches and left. And if they're able to win tonight, man, that's. Uh, uh, you know the ultimate kind of I told you so to that fan base, but uh, yeah, it's it's going to be intense tonight. Like this isn't this isn't um, you know a Saturday afternoon at Penn State or or something like that. This is a major setting where this fan base expects to get to Omaha and Nebraska's in their way. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it, it's going to be pretty intense tonight. I think you got to start strong if you're in Nebraska again, or that crowd's going to be all over him. So that's the the backstory. Some extra incentive on top of just ending the season. And uh, Nebraska, they've already earned respect, but they'll be able to to write a story about what they've accomplished regardless of, of a win tonight. You know, I, I've been around a lot of fan bases. I've been to a lot of road games in college as a Nebraska student covered a lot of games on the road and it's it's fun it's intense and and i'd say the majority of people i've been around they love to to, to have a cocktail get it going a little vacation a little breather go cheer on your team some may get lippy some may get loud some may get out of control but it's it's beyond like the the Cameron crazies heckling Jawan Howard, right? It's beyond the 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 antlers kidnapping or abducting Little Red. This is family. This is fiance. This is social media. And and Arkansas's response all day about Nebraska fans: Well, you're annoying, so we're going to get after you. It's just different down there where it is a mentality where it is it is personal and the fandom level is such where they're going to push it way over the line, push that envelope, and, and make you uncomfortable. And it's just stupid. I mean, everybody wants their team to win. There are certain fan bases and teams you don't like because of their fans or their team's just that good or whatever the case. But you know, I can safely say the good, a good portion of Nebraska fans, as long as I've covered this team, there's always some a-hole or two. I get it. But for the most part, it, it's, it's well-respected and, and it's enjoyable to go versus... Well, am I going to get sucker punched? And is a Jim Beam bottle going to get cracked over my head? I've just confirmed that Clausburn will weigh in on Arkansas fans in one hour. Hail Varsity will wind down hour one next. And now. And now, back to Hail Varsity Radio. You know, big weekend for Nebraska football and recruiting. We will cover all of that. Eight priority visitors and Greg Smith is still banging the phones, man. He's still busy. Nebraska's kind of got that that pillar group, wide receiver, running back, quarterback. 
circled and targeted Torres Williams uh, for sure. And then the whiteout out of uh, out of Texas. And then some other uh, high-level players. And then, you know, the mayor, Hoiberg, had a couple of five-star dudes. Well, at least Isaac Trotz, a four-star, and Simeon Welcher was uh, on hand as well. So, great weekend for Nebraska. No commitments, obviously, but you got people in front uh, of the coaches in person, and I think what was really cool, Landon Sampson's the wide receiver. You know, the the fact that Frost opened his home, had some big old Nebraska beef. It, I mean, it was steak night at the Frost household. That's a, that's a nice touch. It's a wonderful touch, quite honestly. And I, I think a lot of the kids enjoyed. Greg talked with about everybody that was on hand. What to remind you about West Blue Realty 2021 is here. Your house prices, a lot of you are exorbitant. Maybe it's time to sell. Maybe you're looking to buy. And the market's really, well, it's limited right now. Have that expert, have the folks that know how to make a deal, get one done for you with West Blue Realty. Tom Luby and Kelly Hofsnyder, they make it happen. Give Tom a shout today with West Blue Realty, 402-540-3768. Kelly Hofsnyder, Kelly, give him a shout as well at 402-202-2312. It pays to work with West Blue, westbluerealty.com. Get an appointment today and uh, discuss what you want to do with that home, buying or selling 1120 K Street, Suite 200. You can email chris at hailvarsity.com. Give us a follow on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. Where's the nastiest place you've been? Mm. As a fan. Let's see. Oxford has that SEC baseball culture, which is like similar. It's not to the point of following the friends and family into I mean, bathrooms can, or anything. Can, but, can but, you, but can you roll your cooler into the outfield in oh, yeah. Oxford? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's the best part. Um, so it's, but it's still less, less tar- targeted at, at the people out in the outfield uh, as what I'm hearing from these Arkansas fans. Um, let's see. Uh, I've had some obscenity shouted at me in Iowa City walking down the street wearing a Husker shirt. So that, that's not, I mean, that's not the worst thing. When I went into the Iowa football game, though, most people in there were pretty fine. In the game, they're cool. Yeah. Um, but out, outside the, the game, people were a little bit hostile. Um, I haven't experienced anything too hostile um, other than, yeah, other than some obscenity shouted at me out in the street. But, I mean, I Boulder, can't do that. Boulder 97. Okay. And thankfully, I was sitting uh, with three or four big old farm dudes from uh, western Nebraska. They brought their own bush light in. They just walked in and sat down and no one stopped them. And Colorado Trust Fund Puke came up to uh, one of the dudes and started mouthing off and the guy just launched him over the rail. <laughs> and the uh, the security in Boulder just kind of looked at the big Nebraskan and said, I don't have to mess with him now. He's going to crawl home. 
Charlie McBride's next. Mr. Black Shirt a Monday with Charlie on the way with Hale Varsity. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to an hour two. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Plenty more on Husker baseball. We'll hear from Will Bold here before the uh, hour is done and we get you ready for Nebraska. And yes, Arkansas. Uh, Greg Smith, big recruiting weekend. His takeaways with some eight priority visitors. So, Greg, coming up in 20 minutes, we welcome in Mr. Blackshirt, Charlie McBride. Mondays with Charlie. Coach, you got your uh, your rally cap on for tonight. Yeah, sure. I watched, I had it on last night for a while there. <laughs> it got a little sloppy for the middle of it, and then all of a sudden it came out of that, and that was the best part about it. it you know that uh, I don't know how many unearned runs they had that one, maybe two or three mm-hmm. unearned runs, and I didn't I didn't keep track of it that close. But uh, you know, it didn't look real. <laughs> it didn't look real real good. It but, was uh, it was tough last night. You had eleven thousand screaming. Uh, well, not quite eleven thousand, oh. but you had you had Arkansas fans all over. And uh, loud and proud, and Nebraska able to to shut him up. You had about five or six hundred Nebraska fans down there, but what a win! What a what a character win! What a comeback by Nebraska! Yeah, that was that was that was it was it was really a good game. I mean, it was they played they played very well at the end on defense and and made some good really good some good plays and and of course what what. Um, how many innings did he pitch? How many did he pitch? Five. Uh, Schwellenbach went four and two thirds, so nearly, nearly five. Yeah, and because you know he he was um, for a while there. I think he struck out three guys on curveballs, and he was really making them eat eat crow. I mean, for a while there, and <laughs> he is still hitting ninety six uh, on the gun. He's a Michigan kid. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, is he? I didn't. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. I I have never seen a r- roster where all these kids are from, but um, they play pretty good here. I mean, they mm-hmm. they uh, their softball, uh, girls softball, is good here mm-hmm. too, and uh, you know they really take it serious. Well, last night you had some uh, some 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 tough treatment towards the Nebraska fans by Arkansas fan, and the, here's the setup. At Arkansas, where you can go into the outfield, it's called the the hog pen, and uh, can can put your folding chair up like we're going to go watch our kids' game or grandkids' game, and you can roll your cooler in, and you can have whatever the hell you want in your cooler. <laughs> so, as you'd imagine, it gets uh, it gets pretty rowdy down there. I got to ask you, what is what's the the worst treatment? you guys ever got as a coach either either as a coach or saw treated treatment towards your players just what what environment sticks out to you by far by far it was penn state by by i mean uh, the language and especially when 
like guys Rogier and some of these guys walked off the field at that time, mm. you know, and uh, it was ugly. I mean, it was uh, embarrassing also to a lot of people that were, you know, what the things they said. I, that's probably the worst I ever heard. I mean, um, anywhere. Um, you know, it wasn't, it was heavy racial stuff, uh, really heavy and, uh, nasty words with all of it. And, you know, it was, uh, I'll never forget that. You know, I think uh, other than that, you know, it's always, it was always tough to play down in the orange bowl. Um, you know, uh, you're in the neighborhood, Right, <laughs> you're at their home stadium. Uh-huh. <laughs> at their home stadium, and of course now they have. At one time, they had. To, finally, they parked the buses inside the fences. After a while, you know. So when we got there, we were. They had outside fences and inside ones around the stadium. They had all kinds of, of uh, you know, protection for the, you know, for the for both teams for the players and everything. So. You know, but that was, in general, that was just, uh, you know, you play in that. And I think we played in, like, when I was there, I think we played in, like, 13, no, 12, I think it was. I, mm-hmm. I played one, but 12 Orange Bowls. And um, so, you know, that's, and I think only the last couple, uh, maybe the last four or so, maybe were played, you know, in the, the new stadium mm-hmm. where the Miami Dolphins play. So, that's where they're playing now. You know, they don't play in that old, the old place anymore. Well, you got bulldozed. <laughs> I mean, it was, uh, you know, they, they had great fans. I mean, it wasn't, it, it was, you know, it was, it was, it was a little bit ugly, but they're really good fans. So the most of them were good, but you had a few. Were they throw? Oh, yeah. Were they throwing? I can just imagine. Like I never got to the old Orange Bowl. When we went, we, we would go to the new Orange Bowl. Uh, right. Dad had never could never bring himself to going down there <laughs> just because he'd heard because right. he'd heard stories, right? And right, I, I get, yeah. it's bad enough to try and beat Miami, and then you got to deal with with their crew. Yeah, all of them. Yeah, well, yeah, and then they came in bunches. You know, I mean, they didn't come two guys; they came in like bunches of tens and. You know, fifteen people at a time, and they all kind of saw a lot of them sat together, and you know, it was. But you know, I I think in reality, I I, I think that probably it was uh, the worst part of the whole thing was maybe going on and off the field for the players. Mm-hmm. I never really, I really, I never really got involved in that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, listening to any of that that garbage, I, you know, I just kind of blow it off and don't pay any attention. Mm-hmm. You know, I I think that when you don't pay any attention and they don't get a throw, they, if you if you do something about it, that's their kick. Yeah. You know, so you just kind of just walk off and you know keep your fingers to yourself <laughs> and so forth. <laughs> So, so, coach, so, so, whatever you know, try to do the best you can to escape. <laughs> so, so, coach, once you finally make it back to the locker room or out to the field or wherever you're going, what what do you tell the team? How do you make sure that they're they're all banding together at this time instead of like worrying about what the fans are saying to them? Well, you know, sometimes I, you know, if you win the game, I think the players, 
actually enjoy that trash talk that they get from from other teams. You know, I mean, it's you know, when you win, there's who cares? You can call me anything you want, right? Mm-hmm. It's you know, it's probably when you lose, it's probably a little harder on you, and you probably have a tough time keeping, you know, your mouth shut. But um, but most, you know, I. I, I just think that the worst I've ever, I could, you know, I think I don't think I'd ever know a game that was worse than Penn State was mm-hmm. at the end of the game when we were <clears throat> leaving the field and we had a little bit of a walk. It was, it was not the normal, but we were just walking along and all of a sudden, the, you know, the bombs fell and, uh, you know, and there was, uh, it was, I, I, including me, it was very close to going up in the stands. And uh, uh, the guys that were there, we had to kind of keep them from doing it. And, and although, even though we, we wanted to go too, but mm-hmm. <laughs> we, we had to kind of back it off. And, and, you know, but if I was them, I would really be not only mad, but hurt. Charlie McBride's with us on Hale Varsity Radio. Mondays with Charlie, we're talking fan treatment and his experiences. And 82 Penn State sounds right on based on how that That's game right. finished. You got the, uh, the Orange Bowl trips with the Miami fans. And, yeah. you know, the thing about, let's flip it around. Why do you think Nebraska fans are so inviting and, and courteous? Not Not everybody, but... Most, I mean, the, the the reputation's been earned the other way by Nebraska fans, in a good way. Well, I think, and I think people get, I think people are embarrassed. I don't want to say embarrassed. I mean, I think that the people that are bad when the Nebraska fans come around and they're nice, that, that really, I think that even irritates them more. I I, I think there's some kind of people that they. You know, just because they're nice people and they're they're not looking for, you know, some kind of a mouth war or whatever you want mm-hmm. to call it. Uh, you know, it just it, it just makes sense to to just kind of blow it off. But what's nice about it is, I think a lot of people, and I've seen articles in the paper time and time again about people that, you know, have come to Nebraska and said that's one place I want to go back to you know, and watch a game. If I go back anywhere, that'd be the first place I'd go. You know, and some of these people were pretty pretty high up people mm-hmm. that, that did this, and uh, a lot of them were just regular fans, and I know at times there's been articles, you know, way back when on the on the, the kind of fans that, that we had, how surprised a lot of people were, and how, you know, the time, the old time when, when Florida State beat us and our fans at the end of the when they went off the field at the the end where the clock was in the old days, um, gave them clap, stood up and clapped for them, you know, gave them an ovation. And I think that that just that uh, that part of the game uh, was very very impressive, not only to their players but to their coaches. And I know Bobby Bowden has still talked about it, you know, uh, when he when he when he talks on. Uh, you know, uh, mm-hmm. public with the, he speaks at different banquets and things. He mentions that kind of thing all the time, and I think he mentions it, mentions it just because that you know some places some places fans are over the top, and uh, I know in basketball I really think some of it is 
some of the language. I mean, I've heard in basketball and away games. I don't, I've never heard it at our place, but you know, if you go to a basketball game away and they got their little section over there, there's some really beautiful stuff that comes down on the coaches and stuff like that, that nobody even says anything about it, you know, and I, I think if you got Nebraska fans doing that, you'd have a lot of Nebraska people telling them to shut up. I think you know, you're right. That's, so, because it's not worth it. it. That's not what the game's all about. The game is supposed to be fun, and, you know, and I know when you lose, it's no fun, but, you know, it's a game, and it's, uh, to coaches and players, it probably is a, more of a business type of thing, but, mm-hmm. You know, it's just the fans, I think a lot of them, probably the great percentage of them realize that there's, you know, there's a lot of good coming out of some some teams and sometimes it's hard for them. And I think that's why I, I really believe the fans in the past at Nebraska, even though things have been kind of grumpy, you know, it's still, you still, they're still the fans and they're the, the ones that are going to be loyal no matter what happens. And uh, that's just the way they are. And, and uh, you know, they, they wa- they'll wait their turn because what goes around comes around. Charlie McBride's with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Coach, uh, about two minutes here. want to get your thought. You know, a lot's been talked about this recruiting weekend. And Coach Frost had a number of kids over to his house. You are known to have your players over as well. And, and what, what, do you think mm-hmm. that, what do you think that did for for the chemistry well, and camaraderie. Well, there was there was a time when it, when you could do that. Then there was a time you couldn't do that. Then there's a time when you could do it once a year. You know, I mean, sure. it was got to be. You know, I mean, the way that the NCAA changed the rules every twenty seconds, you never <laughs> knew. Uh, I mean, you know, you know, you. I don't know if you ever see an NCAA rule book or, or a book on the rules. Uh, you'll see what was this year, what was last year, what was the year before, and you're not sure what year you're in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when, you know, when you you take that test, you really have to be kind of honed up on what what really the rule is now. Because once the president's got a hold of it and kind of set the athletic directors back because of some cheating going on in the Southwest Conference at that time, there was a, you know there was a big blow up, and so all the presidents kind of pushed the ads around and made some rules of themselves, and I told our president, I said, you can make all the rules you want, but I'll tell you what, you take 10 assistant coaches, you take your rule, put them in a room alone, and they'll come out and they'll blow that rule right up. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they'll, they'll find a way to beat it. And, uh, you know, there's, that was the sad thing about, about the game. There was always, uh, you know, that, that feeling around any time that, you know, that the athletics – people weren't involved in making the rules and the presidents were all making all the rules that it made it even more to try to find a way to find a way to beat it, I think. Mm -hmm. So, but I I think, you know, I think at some point in time, it's going to get straightened out. This year is kind of a wild year. It's like the wild West guys coming in, trying out all this kind of stuff. Who knows? They may like it, you know, and and it may some it may stick, you know. In some in some cases, you don't know what what the NCAA is going to come up with. They just and, want to uh, keep getting paid. <laughs> right. They'll figure out a way. <laughs> they just keep their job, and so 
for a lot of for a lot of teams, you know, it's it's an advantage I think uh, to have something like that mm-hmm. where they're able to really, uh, especially maybe some of the down the line ones that don't have the money to travel as mm-hmm. much, yeah, and do as many things, and, and it really would help them to be able to, you know, have kids on campus or in the state come in and, you know, do a little bit more than a camp or something sure. like that. Charlie, uh, Charlie McBride's with us. Coach, we'll talk next Monday, and this was a lot of fun to chat. Thanks for sharing your your experiences well, with us. Let me tell you, before you go, I, I'm down in uh, Spring, uh, Springfield, Missouri. And, really? Um, I spent some time with Grant Wistrom today. It was, it was good. Tomorrow we're going to spend a little more time and you know, we're just, we just, Debbie and I just kind of headed down here and going to maybe head toward Arizona a little bit or, or go back. We're just doing nothing, you know. <laughs> well, say hi to we Grant. Go, say hi to Grant. Back for, we'll be back for the 4th of July. <laughs> well, good. That'll be fun. Say hi to Grant for us. Well, I'll do it. Okay. Thanks Take for care, having Coach. me. I'll talk to you next Monday. See you, bye. Bye now. Bye. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Good to get caught up with Charlie McBride. Mondays with Charlie. We'll hit recruiting and then more Husker baseball. They gear up at six to take down them hogs. Greg Smith with us. Recruiting insider, guru, at Greg Smith HV on Twitter. Gregers, how are your fingers? Are you icing them? Oh, boy, I, I'm elevating everything as we speak. It's been a busy weekend. <laughs> hey, bro, it was so good to, to just be able to go through your stuff and amazing reporting. Way to run down uh, this incredible weekend for Nebraska. And we'll, we'll get into some of the kids in a moment. We talked to Ch- Charlie McBride about this a little earlier. I want to get your take. And just with the kids you talked to, What's the impact like that that personal touch of not only spending time with a prospect, but yeah, let's uh, let's come over and grill some steaks. You and I love talking grilling. We we love steak, but it's probably a little different if if you're a prospect and Fro- Coach Frost says, "Come on over to my pad." Yeah, that's been probably kind of the, the most surprising thing that I found out throughout the weekend. Um, is that every kid that I've talked to mentioned, like, uh, like basically I'm prompted about going to Frost House and saying that steak um, was the best thing that they ate all weekend, even though they feed them very, very well throughout this entire process. I think that the personal touch that they all got was great, but I think what was even better was being able to meet the coaches in person after talking to them for so long on Zoom and having the coaches come across just as genuine in person as they did over Zoom. I think that that's getting the staff rave reviews um, from every prospect that I've talk to you so far you know you, you want it to feel genuine and normal and not weird hey it's cool talking to you on a on a virtual tour but you get in front of coach t or you, you spend time with coach frost or mario or coach lubick or go down the list uh, a lot of the prospects per your reporting uh were were wowed in person just like on zoom and i want to start off with quarterback What's your feel? What's your read on on Torres's visit? And talk to me a little bit here about where Nebraska's at with their quarterback um, room and what they're they're what they're gonna do. If if Torres calls up Scott Frost or Verduzco tomorrow and says I'm in, 
are they going to take that, or are they wanting to wait on and check out A.J. Bianco in person? You know, that's kind of the, the that last part is kind of the $64,000 question at this point, um, because it, it's it's tough, right? Um, Bianco's visit isn't for another couple of weeks. His visit is the 18th weekend, um, and Torres is, I think, at TCU today, and he's going to check out Kansas State this weekend on an official visit. Um, so there are other schools pushing for his services right now as well. So you, you run the risk if, you know, for some reason he did call up tomorrow or sometime soon and say, I want to be in. If you'd kind of slow play him or want him to wait a little bit, um, you run the risk of losing him. The visit went really well. I think that he was really impressed with what he saw. I think that anytime you get on campus as a quarterback and a team is essentially conveying to you that you're either the top guy at the position or one of the top guys, um, and they make it a point to have you meet the receivers you'd be throwing to, and you get to go stand next to Bryce Benhart, um, and you meet Turner Corcoran, who was also a Friday Night Lights down there, too. Uh, I think that always makes an impact on a quarterback when you look around and say, hey, these are the types of guys that I could be surrounded by. Greg, uh, some reaction here with where Nebraska's at on the defensive line. We'll get to offensive line in a moment. But but Nebraska, uh, really a high priority with a couple of, of interior guys. Marshall, I know you spoke with also the Lavalier, uh, the, uh, the, the talented uh, defensive lineman as well. What was some feedback you got from them? What's your feel here after this weekend? Yeah, I like where Nebraska is um, with both of them. I think I like where they're at with Jalen Marshall a little better. I actually just got off the phone with him. Um, and I, I think that him being close by and Nebraska being one of his first offers, I think has gone a long way um, to Nebraska really solidifying themselves with Jalen Marshall. I think they're in a really nice position there. But I think with Nico, they did a good job there too. One of the things that stood out about both of those guys was the relationship that they were able to build with their player host. So Nico Diavalier had a uh, Casey Rogers is his player host, um, the great up-and-coming player on the Nebraska defensive line. And then um, Jalen Marshall had Damian Daniels. And both of those guys were able to kind of relay why they picked Nebraska, what it's like being in Coach Teodi's room, and then what the expectations are for a Nebraska defensive lineman. I think that that was a really winning combination for those guys. That if they have more defensive linemen come in, I think those two guys are the first two up to host guys. Greg, I want to move next to the offensive line. Since last time we talked this over the weekend, Nebraska gave out an offer to a, an in-state kid, Gunnar Gatula, Lincoln Southeast. Uh, just any other guys on the radar? And what can you tell us about Gunnar? Yeah, Gunnar's a big kid. Um, he's, he's about six. I think he's six six two eighty. The last time uh, we checked in on him, um, and, and growing as a guy that's what entering his junior season. I think that Southeast program um, is really good, and they get really good coaching from his dad. Um, I think that you know Nebraska should have a good chance to land him. But the, the good but bad thing about these kids in Nebraska now is that everybody knows about them. It's no longer a secret um, that he can play, or you know Jake Applegate can play, or any of the Bellevue. West kids or, you know, some of these other emerging kids around the state, the secret is kind of out on the talent in the state, so Nebraska will have to recruit him hard to get him. Um, and offensive line in general has kind of seen an uptick here as Nebraska had a couple of new offers come out of the private workouts that they had last week, and then you had the two official visitors on campus week this weekend, Ashton Craig and Baylon Erickson, um, who both also had really good visits. I also really like the spot that Nebraska's in with Baylon Erickson, but I don't think he has another official visit scheduled as of now, um, and has all always had good things to say about the staff coming into the weekend and that should only be bolstered by a good visit we get let's get into a couple of the skill guys uh, where, where's nebraska at how did things go with samson and what's your read on justin williams i know 
Irvin hosted him. Yeah, he did. And I think that the thing with, with, with Samson, uh, and I wrote this in Big Red Recon on Friday for you LVRC subscribers, is that he, before this weekend, he had a trip scheduled uh, this coming weekend to go check out Ohio State. Now, the difference between Ohio State and Nebraska is, is that Nebraska had him in for an official visit. He did not work out at camp. Ohio State is making him camp um, to see if he's worthy of an Ohio State offer. I'm not sure, given who else they're recruiting, um, they're going to want him in the class or have a space for him in the class. So I think Nebraska is in a good spot with him, but you never know what could happen um, when you get on campus because his quarterback, who I think is the top-rated quarterback in the entire country, is committed to Ohio State. Um, with Justin Williams, I think Nebraska did a really nice job with him of showing him how he would be featured in the offense. He liked the offense because it's similar to what he runs um, at his high school down in Georgia. The one thing that gives me pause with Justin Williams is this potentially going to be a little bit of a uh, longer play here because he said while he's taken two more official visits to say, I think it was Louisville and West Virginia this coming month, he doesn't want to make a college decision until after his senior season. You run the risk when you have a guy come in in June if he wants to wait that long, if that visit high kind of wears off and he's not feeling as good and you get some distance between that, especially with him being down in Georgia. So we'll see how that goes. But Nebraska is his leader, like he said, coming out of that visit. Greg, I want to ask you about another D lineman. It's Jordan Vanderberg, picked up a Huskers offer over the weekend, also picked up an Iowa offer, uh, if I'm correct there. And, and he's, he's a kid out of Iowa Western. What can you tell us about him? Yeah, so this is, sounds, to me sounds like a broken record, but talk to him too. Um, and he said um, that he was really impressed with the Husker offer. He was happy to come down and work out for the Huskers and kind of show everybody what he had. Because his thing was is that he felt like he should have more offers, that, and he didn't have them uh, before last weekend. He obviously got Nebraska. Like you said, he got Iowa right after that. Key factor to watch out for here, Nebraska only has two scholarships uh, left for the 2021 recruiting class, and that's what he would count towards. Um, and so they would want him as a right now to come in and redshirt or not redshirt be a walk-on essentially until january and then go on scholarship whereas iowa offered him a full scholarship right off the bat that could end up being a determining factor we'll see if nebraska changes their mind on that depending on who else wants to you know take one of those other two spots greg uh, smith is with us recruiting insider hailvarsity.com and magazine at greg smith hv on twitter the st- straight up breakdown is podcast that'll be dropping shortly as he uh, recaps uh, just a busy weekend for nebraska friday night lights chase androff stud tight end minnesota 6-6 two bills already uh, good weekend for him and nebraska how did that go yeah, it went well. I think, you know, we, we've talked about this before. We, Sean Beckton is money on the recruiting trail. Um, he always does well with the tight ends that come in, and Chase was no different. Um, he actually has an interesting connection to Nebraska. His sister went to school here for a year, um, so he, he and his family were really familiar with Nebraska's academic side, um, and he knew coming into the visit that they had all of that buttoned up, so he was really excited to see the football side of things and was impressed with what he saw. I think he got along really well with the players that he met. Uh, he was hosted by Bryce Ben Hart, who's also from uh, Lakeville, Minnesota as well. He told me a funny story that he's like, hey, when I was a freshman, Bryce was a senior, and so I go, so you got to see Bryce dominate people, huh? And he's like, yeah, he's got my team too. Uh, so he had a lot of respect for Bryce going in, and they had a good friendship and relationship. I think Nebraska's in a really good spot there, even though he's going to take a couple more visits. Greg, just overall with Nebraska, and I know you, you have a, a really nice feature in the Hale Varsity yearbook about kind of the shrinking border aspect of college football recruiting it's national it's everywhere uh i.e everyone's checking out in-state players uh and nebraska's got a fight to keep nebraskans 
looking hard at Nebraska. What's your view on this 2022 class? More regionalized? Is that on purpose? Um, I do. I think it's on purpose for a couple of reasons. I think one, the, the talent in this area, like in the region, has really continued to get better. Like I, a couple of years ago, I feel like we were talking about this about hey, hey, it's emerging. Like look out for it. And now it's here. It's no longer emerging. I feel like every day we look up and there's another kid in the region or even in the state getting a Power Five offer, right? And so I think that that plays a big uh, role in it, which is great for Nebraska. You don't have to go as far. Those kids are more likely to stay around because they're from closer. Right. Um, I do think the other thing is it's just a little bit of a shift in the philosophy with recruiting because Nebraska has been burned for a myriad of different reasons, right, um, on recruiting kids from far away. And it, it just happens that way sometimes. Um, and so you want to be able to try to correct that on the fly. And so Nebraska is trying to do that. Um, it's good that the talent in the area is good, though. Greg, uh, less than, than a minute to go. Just, uh, you know, what's next for Nebraska? I know the 18th is looming for another camp, but who are some other targets Nebraska is working on? Yeah, I think coming up here, you're going to see some more defensive backs come in. Um, you, you'll see Mumu Ben Wahid come in. Um, James Mons, the third, uh, Husker Legacy will, will come in, and you might see some more emerging names um, at the position as well. I think that we'll see Grant Page, the wide receiver out of Colorado, will also come in. And that, that 18th weekend is the next big one, but I, there's still going to be more guys that come in, and I'm working to confirm some more um, that are coming in this coming weekend, and they'll have more private workouts as well. Uh, Vince Genitone is, is scheduled to come in. The, the talented in-state kids um, kind of emerging out there. He's scheduled to come in and do a private workout this Friday. Um, so there'll be plenty more going on again this weekend. Greg, we'll get caught up. Awesome work. Phenomenal stuff. Uh, subscribe HailVarsity.com. Digital print. Follow Greg at Greg Smith HV. Greg, thanks for the time. Hey, have a good week, guys. All right. We'll uh, check in. Uh, get ready for Nebraska, Arkansas next. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. The message is, is we're just going to keep coming. Um, just show up again tomorrow, just like I ask them to do all year. So, stage is set for tonight. Nebraska, Arkansas winner moves on to the Super. Now, where is that Super going to be? Could it be in Fayetteville, a neutral side if it's Nebraska NC State? Or do you uh, find a spot somewhere more neutral it's garbage nebraska can't host yeah it, it's got to be at one of those 16 sites that it, they've already it does. Selected, yeah and, and i know louisiana tech's gotten bounced uh you have oregon state they were up five four or five nothing uh, five nothing in their uh in their super or their their regional final was that against tcu uh it was in the tcu regional they weren't playing tcu tcu already got bounced they were so, playing Dallas Baptist, I right. think. So you just wonder if where it would be Gainesville. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I, I Asheville. Think, I think you got to South Carolina. We're looking way too far ahead, but if Nebraska were to win, <laughs> yeah. I think you got to stick it in Fayetteville because it is, I think it's the closest regional site to Nebraska. It is. Hey, give us hell all weekend. Make us not ever want to come back on purpose. And then, oh, by the way, uh, if if we do beat your team, uh, we're just staying. We're going to frequent your hotels, your bars, your restaurants, <laughs> provide a monster kick of economy to other places than Walmart. And, hey, are we going to be best friends all of a sudden? Is that a hard ask if you're a Nebraska fan either to stay 
or go back down based on how maybe you've been treated? Or doesn't it screw it? It doesn't matter. It's Nebraska baseball in a super regional. I'm going to be there. You'll put aside your differences, but it is your hard-earned money. And people love Nebraska athletics, so you're absolutely going to be there. It, it just so like think about a super regional weekend in Nebraska. Like it would have been crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's hear a little bit more from Will Bolt uh, when it comes to last night and the the report we're getting. I mean, it's been raining a lot of the day down in Fayetteville, so it should be it should be decent by first pitch here in about 15, 20 minutes. But the field's going to be a little wet, and uh, th- that that could be just something you have to deal with. We'll hear from Clausburn in just a second. Let's hear from Will Bolt right now. Again, win or lose, um, you got to have that dog in you. you got to have that, that fight. You've got to have that, that heart um, to where no matter what's going on around you, you're just going to be all about the throwdown. And uh, that's what these guys have been about all year long. We've, we've had double headers and we've been in tough spots. I knew our guys were going to come out and compete today, you know, but we didn't come here just to do that. I mean, we've got another game to, to finish tomorrow. Um, but it was, it was, uh, you know, what we've seen all year long. And, and that's what we're, uh, you know, that's what we're going to hang our hats on. When we talk about Nebraska and, and how does it happen two nights in a row against the vaunted Razorbacks, you're going to need Povich to be, incredible you're going to need the bullpen to be as is just bulletproof as advertised and you're going to need something offensively to jump out on top get momentum capture uh kind of that uh that energy in your dugout and and by the way take the energy from the uh, the folks taste testing jim bean Uh, out in uh, left field. Without further ado, he has commentary to provide Hale Varsity Radio. It's been too long. We welcome in. He's imaginary, and he wears red. We say hi to Clausburn, who does have eye black on and his big red baseball cap because he's honestly the biggest big red baseball fan I know. Claus, how you feeling tonight? Monster ball game. What's going on? Well, Christopher, I'm obviously very excited for the game tonight. Felt the boys uh, played quite well last night. And so <clears throat> I'm looking forward to uh, Cade Povich giving all his fans on the message board something to talk about for the next few days uh, while we prepare for North Carolina State. That's wonderful. And when it comes to Povich, you know, Arkansas fan not only went after Mojo, but they went after a 14 14- year old Cade Povich on social media because he tweeted out something about Miley Cyrus being hot. Which she is. She would My question is, was he wrong? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't I think she's attractive. Her daddy scares me. And quite honestly, she scares me now. In a good way. But at the but at the time, I believe she was Hannah Montana, and if you were a 14-year-old who didn't think uh, that uh, Miley could make it move a little bit, I'd, I'd question whether we even want you on the team, to be quite honest. I don't... <laughs> oh, Claus, you always make it so we can understand. I, I like that. <laughs> Claus Burns with us. So how you feeling tonight? What do you think happens? 
Well, I feel fairly good. Uh, we're running out our Friday night starter, who's been uh, a fairly good baseball player for a long time, always destined to be a Husker. And they're running out a freshman who started four games. The only thing I worry about, are we going to get distracted by them calling the pigs, or as I call it, the mating call of Arkansas? <laughs> That's... But I think our bats, if they can stay hot and we can keep from tripping over our shoelaces on the base paths like we did a few times last night, I think we'll be all right. Claus Burns with us on Hale Varsity. Claus, what, what's your what's your takeaway here with, with just the fan treatment? We talked about, you know, Povich uh, and, you know, what he needs to do. We talked about the, the Arkansas faithful researching social media of back in the day uh, for Husker pitchers. And then, of course, the, the mojo situation where it went from, all right, rude and uncomfortable to scary. Well, the Arkansas fans certainly don't like mojo, and that's probably because they don't like anything awesome like him or literacy or winning civil wars. And so I'm really not all that surprised uh, by what they did, but I'll say this. If it weren't for the contingent of Husker fans that have made the trip to Fayetteville, the number of banjo strings in the audience would certainly outnumber the number of teeth. So we'll just leave it at that and hope for a, a quality win this evening. Claus, about 30 seconds. Give me a prediction. What happens? Well, I think, I think Joe Acker is, is relatively hot. I think Cam Chick is hitting the ball well. And I think they're going to continue to do that tonight. I think Gabe Bovich will shut them down. They might get a couple runs late on the bullpen, but I'm taking Nebraska 5 and Wu Pig Suey 2. Clausburn calls it Nebraska onto the Super Regionals. Claus, are we going to see you at the Super Regionals? It all, it all, it all depends if uh, I need to break into Bob Devaney's secret stash by the end of tonight. Well, that's a TBA from Claus. Claus, you take care. This was wonderful. It was a treat to talk baseball with you. I know you're a huge fan, and cheer hard tonight. Okay. There he goes. That is Claus Byrne. And, uh, yeah, he uh, pretty much nails it. Every time. Every time he nails it. He's wonderful. And and just... (laughs) If you're, if you're if you're a young man and Miley's you, you, childhood crush. If, if you weren't in love with Miley, you were wrong, dude. <laughs> uh, gotta love Claus. I don't know that we can do a steak and a beer because I think I know who we're, we the head versus the heart. But predictions next on Hail Varsity. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Tomorrow, Mitch Sherman, Coach Rick Kaczynski. Buddy Husker Baseball Reaction. Just a side note, and Jeremy, uh, Footy sending this out uh, with Nebraska Baseball. Uh, Nebraska Baseball will start on ESPN News and then move to ESPN2 once Ole Miss and Southern Miss is done. And for the love of God, we have got another game in us. It's not just facing Arkansas. And I'm the last guy to pick on announcers because, well, 
I'm me, this is what I do, and I'm far from perfect or worth a damn. But it's been hard to deal with the broadcast. Am I wrong? No, it's terrible. No, and right. I I didn't even listen to it last night. I I shut off the audio and just watched the video feed. I didn't care to listen to those dudes anymore. It it just, they're not versed. And I know they're being dropped in in Bristol or wherever, but it's just, it's half-assed. Period. Oh, it it seems like the only team that they really looked into in the regional was Was Arkansas. Arkansas, And then some fun little cutesy stories they could do with NJIT. Yes, and, and do me a favor, put the drink down. That bingo spot on the coverage on ESPN, the Ocho Plus 7, uh, I know that Arkansas has 99 home runs. I, I, I've been told that every third inning. I know that Dave Van Horn used to coach at Nebraska. <laughs> How about we do a story on Opitz, the fact that the kids at Arkansas and his brother was in Lincoln. You know, and, and Opitz is sweet, good dude, great play, player for him. But, God. I mean, the, the, the preparations would have the problem. Some people on Twitter and other other places are having issues with, oh, they said it was uh, Luke Rossum coming to score and it was a cam chick inside the home run. It's okay. Like, these guys are doing this remote. This is the problem with having your broadcasters not be on site for a game is they're going to have issues like that. Um I, I do have the problem with the fact that it sounds like that their research from Nebraska consisted of one read-through of the Nebraska media guide. Maybe. 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 Well, get it done tonight. We'll get our prediction in just uh, mere moments. A reminder about buckling up. You know, when it comes to uh, your safety and uh, the reality of what happens with car accidents, crashes, and deaths, uh, buckling up can save a life. Buckling up is uh, something that's obviously the law. But when it comes to uh, that seatbelt usage, uh, using your seatbelt can reduce risk of fatal injury by up to 60%. And 70% of people in fatal crashes in Nebraska not buckled up. So your best defense buckling up. This message brought to you by the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. Thanks for putting up with that. I was scrolling through my phone to do my read. And when I do that, I always get stuck on junior's footage of him in the batting cage so it's a video (laughs) long and short nebraska hate me falls four to two tonight Mm, but that's the under you're taking the under two i am uh nebraska falls four to two and arkansas just makes one more play than nebraska i hope i'm wrong i want elijah to just Dance on my grave and say you were so wrong last night, Schmidt. Are you taking Nebraska? Nebraska's wearing the black jerseys. They haven't lost them this year. I got Nebraska 9-8 to eight in a thriller. I'm taking the over and the Huskers by one run. All right. We hope Elijah's right. Talk to you tomorrow at 4. Thanks.